In the beginning, God created. He made the moon, the stars, the Milky Way, and galaxies far beyond. He made three-toed sloths, anteaters, naked mole rats, hairless cats, giraffes, and cute little bunnies and kitties, too. He made over 350,000 kinds of beetles and over 11,000 species of moths. Just imagine if I showed up here today in a red shirt, an orange scarf, purple pants, blue shoes, and topped it all off with a bright yellow hat. You would think I'd lost my mind. But we, when we see a stunningly beautiful sunset, we never question God's decision to put those very same colors together. God is not just the creator. He is creative. God made us, he made human beings in his own image. Thus, if he is creative, then so are we. When we paint or draw or write poetry, that's an expression of creativity. But all of us are creative, even the ones who can't do those things. We can come up with new ideas. We can invent things. We can combine divergent ideas and come up with new systems to do things. We can pretend we're superheroes and hold conversations in our heads. Those who study the brain do not think that there is a measure of more creative and less creative. They believe that all people are creative. It's just that some of us tap into our potential more than others. Hi, everybody. My name is Carmen Carpenter. You may have seen me around here. I often do the announcements and help out with the kids, or you may just know me as Andrew's wife or maybe Cole and Claire's mom. But I am actually a music teacher by trade. And although I am a musician, it's really only recently that I started to see myself as creative. I, for years, had made up little plays for my kids to do, my students, that is. And I would change around lyrics to songs. I would create lesson plans. But I had never really seen that as an act of creativity until pretty recently. And only recently have I started to make creative activities a part of my teaching. So why do we resist the idea that everyone can create? Is it fear? Is it lack of knowledge, low self-esteem, laziness, apathy? Maybe we just have a flawed definition of creativity. Obviously, there's a lot of different ways that we can define creativity, but one of my favorite ways to define it is by using big C creativity and little c creativity. And you could probably already imagine what those mean. Big C creativity is what most of us are familiar with. People like Mozart, Da Vinci, Thomas Edison, or Steve Jobs. They are big C creators. And that's relatively rare. 
But most of us are, well, all of us are little c creativity. That's when we come up with those aha moments or the smaller ideas. We problem solve and come up with ingenious new ways of doing things. Unless you're wearing a uniform this morning, you put your outfit together. Or what about your house and the way that you arranged your furniture? Even if you saw that as functional rather than artful, it was an act of creativity. You had to think about, well, the coffee pot should go here because there's an outlet and the mugs are stored right above. Things like coming up with a way to get a toddler to eat, applying your makeup, planning or arranging a garden, Jimmy rigging a way to get your dryer door to stay closed. Or like one of my coworkers once did, she kept the bumper on her car with pink duct tape and some ribbon. So those are small c creativity, but they shouldn't be discounted just because they are not masterpieces of visual art or symphonies or new technologies. Now, if you're still not convinced that you have creative capacity within you, it might help to distinguish between creative and artistic. According to writer Edward Boches, not everyone is artistic. That requires both imagination and skill to draw, paint, sculpt, or compose music. Since we are all creative, how do we tap into that potential? Well, you have to splark your creativity. And yes, You heard me right. I just said the word splark. I made that word up. And yes, I am aware it sounds something like what a unicorn's toots might sound like. But I kind of think it has a ring to it. So let me tell you about it. The S is for seek. Seek inspiration. Go to museums. Get out in nature. Read lots of books. Go to movies. Invest in relationships. Go to concerts. Andrew and I went to this chamber music concert last weekend where we actually saw some Koinos friends too. But chamber music, I know that sounds pretty lofty and highbrow. It was free. Just want to point that out. But as a musician, I would love to tell you that the entire time I am fully engaged in the musical experience and thinking things like, gee, listen to the Alberti bass and the piano part, or ooh, nice Picardy third at the end of that song. No. I, like pretty much everybody, daydream, think about my life, doze occasionally, just like everybody. But even those experiences are really great fodder to get those creative juices flowing. Edward Bochess says, this isn't merely about getting smart, which in and of itself is a good idea. It's about giving you more ingredients to mix into the curious combinations that become an interesting creative idea. We like to think of inspiration striking us at unlikely moments. All of us have probably had that shower moment where we go, yes, I have solved the problems of the world right? The thing is, we think that that stuff happens by magic, but it really doesn't. 
It's our brains making those connections and using all those things that we have collected to come up with new insights. Seek connections. Steve Jobs said, creativity is just connecting things. And Mark Twain said it beautifully. There is no such thing as a new idea. It is impossible. We simply take a lot of old ideas and put them into a sort of mental kaleidoscope. We give them a turn, and they make new and curious combinations. We keep on turning and making new combinations indefinitely. But they are the same old pieces of colored glass that have been in use through all the ages. An exercise that many creatives do to help spark ideas, or splark, if you like, is when they put two words together and they see what ideas come to them. Now, you may have noticed that there is some paper today on your chairs and some pencils, so I want you to go ahead and get those things out, unless you've already doodled on them, and there are extra pieces, and that's okay. And make sure we get the pencils, because we may have to kind of pass them around to share. But in a minute, I'm going to give you two totally different words, and we're going to see what those two words, what ideas you come up with. So you could do a little drawing, you could write a short story, maybe a little three-sentence story, that gives you a beginning, middle, and end there. You could write a rap about it, whatever you like. Okay, so here are the words. Motorcycle and ice cream cone. Ready, set, go. I'll give you a second to think about it. Okay, so you guys can keep working. I don't mind if you continue to doodle while I talk. All right, so so keep working, and later maybe some of you will want to share what you came up with. Another area we want to seek is areas where you may have an actual ability. I read once that passion does not produce action, but that action produces passion. Take action by trying out some things. Go to painting with a twist with some friends or sign up for a pottery class or a cooking class. Who knows, maybe you have an affinity for something you didn't even know about. You guys may know Brad Chandler. We could hear his voice streaming out from over there. He is not only an author, but he is Captain Cardboard. And whatever that extra strange Harry Potter character was that he came up with a few months ago. He has a garden, and he makes puppets. He tries things out, and trying things out can really kindle your creative capacity. And actually, we have a way for you to take action, and that is that next Sunday, which is Palm Sunday, we would love for you guys to bring your creative products to display out in the foyer. 
Or maybe some of you want to give me your motorcycle ice cream combos. I would love to take those, and we can display those next weekend too. But we'd love for you to take action, and, and my husband Andrew is even taking some action. We, we bought a book called Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain. I highly recommend it. It's supposed to be a great book, and Andrew has been practicing some drawing at home. He may not be ready to display next weekend. We'll see. Maybe some cajoling might help. But anyway, so we would love for you to bring those things and let us celebrate your creativity and the creator within you. The P in Splark is for play. Now I'm going to need a brave volunteer to help with this next section. I'm going to give you, I'll tell you about it first. Oh, well, was was there a hand up? Oh, yes. Come on down. She needs some encouragement. Let's go. Okay, come on down. Oh, this is going to be awesome. I love it that I didn't even have to explain what we were doing and your hand went up. That makes me happy inside. What is your name? I'm Cece. 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 I'm hearing more girls named Cece these days. Okay, nice. Well, nice to meet you. I'm Carmen. We haven't met. Yes. Okay. Well, here's what you're going to do. Okay, I am going to give you this mug and this spoon. No, wait, there's more. And this book and this piece of paper, can you get all that? Yes. Okay, that's all. Now, this is what you're going to do with these four items. You are going to create a game using these four items. Okay. Okay, now, you can use other things too if you like, Okay. but you must use these four things. Okay. Okay? And you're going to get about four minutes to do it. Okay? okay? We will not just sit here and wait for you, though, just so you know. And just so you guys know, you don't have to just like, (sighs) okay, so, but Andrew here is going to go out there in the foyer with you and time you. And he's going to make sure you don't cheat. All right. Okay? So, but it's pretty open-ended. Okay? So, so run along, Cece and Andrew. Thank you so much. All right, so I can't wait to see what she comes up with. Jean Piaget, the great expert on child development, said, if you want to be creative, stay in part a child. Hanging out with your kids is a great source of creative endeavor. When Andrews and my kids were little, but past nap age, we would still require them to go into their rooms every afternoon for what we called room time. And we'd do this on the weekends or during the summer. And this was, yes, a really good opportunity for us to take a break from them. But it was also a time for them to exercise their creativity because a lot of people would say that boredom is the mother of creativity. But every once in a while, I would go into their rooms and spend some individual time with them. And I would have to stretch my creativity because I would have to then join in the tea party. I would have to create the Legos. And I'm not very good at Legos. I'm pretty much a Lego tower kind of gal. 
But it did stretch me. It gave me a chance not just to be with my kids, but it gave me a chance to to be creative. When you hang out with your family, don't always have a plan. Don't always go to the movies or go to the works. Make up ghost stories. Play pretend or dress up. Or build a fort. You know, that's a great way to be creative. And kids love that stuff, right? Now, I know that big kids are a little tougher, but there's some creative problem-solving kinds of things that you can do with them, too. I mean, think about rock climbing. That is an exercise in problem-solving. Or those panic rooms, those are, again, ways to, to get those creative juices flowing. My family and I just discovered this game. It's called Mixtape. Have you guys heard of it? It is a game of cards with different situations, and then you have to pick songs, and there's not a list of songs or anything. You just have to think about the whole library of songs in the whole wide world to match with those situations. So it's a great way to exercise some creativity. And then there's that one with the... um, the memes. I don't know what it's called, though. And you get the pictures, and then you're supposed to match the captions that go with it. So those are some things that you can do to get that creativity going with some bigger kids. And if you don't have kids, that's the kind of stuff that you could do with a group of friends. All right? Let's go on to the L in Splark. L is for Limit. Now, you may be thinking, wait a minute, I thought that creativity was all about letting your mind go. Jack White of the White Stripes understands limits. He said this, telling yourself you have all the time in the world, all the money in the world, all the colors in the palette, anything you want, that just kills creativity. Limitations mean freedom. As I said, I am a music teacher. I like to do some improvisation activities with my students. And in fact, I'd like to try one of those this morning. So I'm going to, again, be looking for another brave volunteer. But first, don't raise your hand yet. I am going to play a little something for you guys. All right. I'm only getting monitor back here. Can you hear it? There it is. Okay. Thank you, John. somebody to come and play with me. Now, I want you to be a person who has no musical experience, really, okay? Like, you didn't have piano lessons as a kid. You weren't in band. Um, If you're a singer, that's probably okay. But who would like to come and play along with me? Don't make me hot-seated. I will pick somebody. 
I will drag you up here myself. And then we're going to have a game to demonstration. So, anybody? <laughs> Colton, you want to try? You're pretty brave. And I know you can sing in tune because I have sat in front of you many, many times. Okay. Yay, Colton. Okay. So you're going to come stand here. Okay, now, I, I just want you to play. Just play. Go for it. Oh, you're like trying to make up a real song. Hot Cross Buns. Of course. The classic, right? Okay. So now, here's a question for you. Okay. That's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> okay. W- would you like some suggestions? Sure. Okay. So I am going to put these little post-it notes okay. on some notes. All right. We may have to turn it up just the eensy for this, John. I'm not sure on the high end. Okay, so there's another option. Okay. Oh, gosh, no. No, no, no. There's only these options, but okay. So this is what you're going to do. You could do what you were just doing, which is like one finger. You can do one finger. You could do two fingers. You could do notes together. Whatever you like, okay? Whatever you want. Okay, so go for it. Let's hear it. Okay. And if you come up with a pattern that you're like, ooh, I like it, then just totally go with it. Okay, so now we're going to play together. Now, did you notice that there were some pauses when I played? Did you, well, you, were you listening? <laughs> I didn't know that. Okay, it's okay. Well, there are so I will quit okay. at certain points. We call this rests in music. But anyway, I will quit at certain points. You keep going because that's like your moment to shine. Okay, shine. you'll shine. Awesome. I can't wait. Okay, so one, two, here we go. Fantastic. All right. So thank you, Colton. So what made that work? Was that I... (laughs) Well, the limits, right? Because when you're first playing and you just see, okay, play something, and you have a whole bunch of keys to play, that could be overwhelming. But when I said, okay, these five notes, right? And those five notes... 
gave him a limit so he could really play around with it, right? And then he felt free to play around. And that was really pretty good, okay? That was really pretty nice. So thank you again, Colton, for doing that. Are you ready for the game demonstration? Me too. Let's go. All right. So welcome, Cece, once again. Okay, do you need a helper? Do you need an assistant? Someone to hold up in the book. Okay, I will, I will yes. do that for you. I'm happy so to. The oh, game that I made M- up is a launching game. So the first level is you lay on the ground. It's the easiest level. And, like, you crumple up this piece of paper, and you try to throw it with, like, between the book. Okay, did you guys hear all that? That was amazing, <laughs> by the way. Okay, you want me to open it? Oh, like, yeah. So, like, okay. Should, oh, I have to lay down. Okay. Oh, boy, this could get interesting. <laughs> I'm just a weensy older than you, Cece. Okay. I could be your mom or grandma. <laughs> but anyway, okay, here we go. Woo! And then you get three times to do it. Three chances. Okay, yes. take two more then. I'm down with that. Woo! Okay, well, last chance. Center, it's ten points. If you hit the center, it's ten points. Yes. On the side, it's five points. Oh, okay, so you've got five so far? Five. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Okay, so what are the cup and the spoon doing? Everybody look away while I try to get up. Okay? I'd appreciate that. So this is the second level. Oh, level two. Oh, my gosh. I just want you. Can I just say this one thing first? You know, when I did this experiment at home, it was nowhere near this good. Okay. Okay, yes. So you would set it behind the cord. Okay, wow. There's limits. See, limits. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Sorry. Time, okay. You just try to throw it in the cup, and to make it harder, you can step back. It can stand on, like, one foot. Wow. Stand on one foot. That's yeah. fantastic. Okay. So this is 10 points inside the cup, and then 20 if you get it standing on one foot. Nice. Okay, we want to see it. Let's okay. see. Okay. Oh, so close. Okay. Okay. Did you try it with one foot yet? Oh, so sorry. Okay. Oh, so close. Okay. Well, that was awesome. Okay. And then where the spoon comes in is the hardest level. Yeah, you have to like launch the paper from the spoon. Okay. Nice. Okay. Wow. That was amazing. Thank you so much. What are you know? I just have to ask. What are your future plans? Um, I want to be an OT, an occupational therapist. So I definitely use like my OT skills. Right. Up and down. Nice. So you're gonna? Are you gonna work with children? I want to work with kids. Okay. Anything geriatric. Okay. Well, you definitely have a childlike spirit. That was awesome. I, you know, that just reminds me of what the kids would do. Right. I'm gonna stand on one foot to make it harder. Yeah. That was awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you again. Yay. Okay. That that was. That was, yes, way more than what I could. I just had like a, you know, the spoon leaned on the book. Now, you may be thinking that that little whole thing was super silly, but some of you out there are probably going, well, I would have done this, right? Are some of you thinking that? 
that your creative juices are flowing to. But let's get back to limits for just a second. So when Colton and I were doing that, limits are what really made the difference. Here's a really great example. Dr. Seuss wrote The Cat in the Hat with only 236 different words. So his editor bet him that he could not write a book with only 50 words. But Dr. Seuss came back, and he won that bet with... Does anybody want to guess what Dr. Seuss book it is? Did you say it? It's Green Eggs and Ham. That's right. So he wrote that book with only 50 different words. That's one of the best-selling children's books of all time. So if you're thinking about maybe you want to be a writer, you might set yourself a goal of writing a certain number of words per day. Maybe you want to be a painter. Only use primary colors when you paint. Or you want to be an inventor. Try to come up with an invention using only the items that you have in your basement. Use your calendar to set limits. Brene Brown says in her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, if creativity is seen as a luxury or something we do when we have spare time, it will never be cultivated. So schedule that time to daydream, to get out in nature. Schedule time to ask questions, to write, to paint, to play. And one more limit is to limit your screen time. And we're going to talk more about why in just a minute. The A in Splark is ask questions. Now, this is not the old question everything. All right, this is to ask questions that lead to discovery and new ideas. Ask questions like a three-year-old. That will definitely lead to some creative activity. According to Paul Harris, a Harvard psychologist and author, children ask about 40,000 questions between the ages of two and five. After kids go to school, their questioning goes way down, as does their creativity. And that's a topic I could go on and on about. Kids quit questioning at that age because they're constantly presented with answers or they're expected to always have the right answers. And those answers tend to stop the questioning, thus effectively ending that potential for getting new ingenious ideas. Asking questions can definitely lead to creative efforts. Questions like, How can I get my kids to eat more fruits and vegetables? How can I arrange my schedule so I can get more sleep and get more work done? Where can I put the couch so I can easily be next to the outlet to charge my phone and yet I can still see the TV? In the book, A More Beautiful Question, author Warren Berger tells the story of Mary Anderson. In 1902, Mary was on a trip in New York when she noticed the streetcar driver was struggling to see through the snow-covered windshield. She thought to herself, why doesn't someone create a device to remove the snow? And rather than waiting for somebody else to come up with that invention, Mary made up a design, and the first windshield wiper was invented. It took more than 60 years for inventor Bob Kearns to ask the question, why can't a wiper work more like my eyelid, blinking as much or as little as needed? Mr. Kearns worked on answering that question in his basement and eventually came up with 
Anybody guess? The intermittent wipers. Questions can take on a lot of formats. The old who, what, where, when, why, how, those are pretty good places to start. And one thing to note, though, is that when your questions take on a positive tone, you'll get much better results. When presented with a challenge or a problem, instead of going, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? You might try asking things like, how can we make the most of the situation? Or what is the opportunity presented by this challenge? You can also think, too, again, about those connections. Einstein was a believer in combinatorial thinking, which involves the idea of asking questions as well as making connections. That's the kind of thinking Reed Hastings did to develop the idea for Netflix. He started with this question. What if a video rental business were run like a health club? Now, the R is for release. Release your fear. Now, I could make a whole talk about releasing fear because, let's face it, that's probably the biggest reason most of us don't tap into that creative potential. We fear criticism. We fear judgment. And you may be thinking to yourself, well, I I really don't care what everybody else thinks. But I bet you care a whole lot about what your inner critic thinks. Like I said, I could do a whole other talk about releasing your fear. So I'm only going to give a couple of bits of advice. To release fear in the face of being creative, you have to separate product from performance. The mere act of creating is good for you, even if your product is not all that you had hoped it would be. When we create, we are connecting with our creator. Creativity is an act of worship. Besides separating product and performance, you have to give yourself freedom to fail. There's a really sweet children's book called The Beautiful Oops, And it's all about a little kid who takes what he thought was a mistake and makes it into something more beautiful. Companies like Pixar, Google, Dyson, Apple, all have a culture that accepts that their ideas will often fail, but that learning from each failure would lead to amazing results in the end. Besides releasing fear, you also have to release your mind. We all have two modes of thinking, the focused mode and diffuse. And focused is just what it sounds like. It's when you are working really, really hard to solve a problem, you're trying, and you're super focused on it. The diffuse mode is your other mode of thinking. That's where creativity happens. Remember when I said that about the shower moment? That's an example of the diffuse mode. In order for your mind to go there, you have to let it rest. And by the way, when you're on your phone, you're watching TV, you're listening to podcasts, playing video games, those are still examples of focused mode. And that's why you should limit your screen time. That means that instead of taking your phone into the bathroom with you, that you just sit on the toilet and think, and daydream. Turn off the radio and the podcasts in your car 
and just sit in the silence. Great creatives like Thomas Edison and Salvador Dali would use naps as a way to refresh and regenerate and get new ideas. Thomas Edison would hold a ball bearing in his hand, and Salvador Dali would hold a key in his hand, and they would sit down to rest, and as they fell asleep, that item would fall to the floor with a clatter and wake them up, and then they would go back to whatever they were doing, refreshed and with new ideas. Now, the next letter brings us to our why. Why are we talking about this? Why are we talking about this at church? And some of you may be thinking, you know what? I am totally cool with not being creative or artistic or any of that. But honestly, our world needs this. The kingdom. There's your K. God's kingdom needs this. We need creative solutions to the problems that we face. Racial injustice climate change, poverty, gender inequality, and frankly, the church, and I'm not just talking about Koinos, I'm talking about the church with the big C, really needs this. We have an image problem. A lot of people see the church as judgmental, irrelevant, power-hungry, and just plain unnecessary. We need creative solutions in the face of these challenges. We need to seek inspiration from the inspired one. We need to ask questions like, how can we bring more people into God's kingdom? And we have to release our fears, our worries about the critics out there. When we pray, God's kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, We need to imagine ways that we can be a part of bringing God's kingdom to this planet. When God created this world, he imagined a place of beauty, hope, grace, love, connection. We've come really far from that original vision. But God wants us to join him in bringing his kingdom to earth the Jesus way of living. And just imagine that. Just imagine a world that lived like Jesus did. A world full of love, compassion, kindness, grace, humility, beauty. And this can happen, but we have to spark. Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you so much for creating this beautiful planet. God, we thank you that you want us to be a part of your kingdom, that you want us to be a part of bringing your kingdom to earth. God, thank you for endowing us with creativity. Just as you are creative, so are we, God. And I just pray that you would help us to dream up new ways of bringing more people into the Jesus way of living. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.